This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. I was, um, by the way, Bungard, I was looking forward to doing it, but unfortunately, the weekend, so I was looking forward to welcoming our new female listeners and registrars to the game. But mm. unfortunately, the crackdown already slowed down. So I think we've, have we lost those? Yep. Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, <laughs> I wanted so many more mothers and listeners. I think we we drawn them in with prospect of uh, grooming products for the men in their life. <laughs> for Day and we've lost yeah. all those females now, mate. They were here for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> then they were gone, and then when they set everything to an off. They came back. Yep. And they didn't right. send off Papa Papa Papaliti or Papaliti only got a fine. They went away again. The mothers just left. So, they, they're all gone now. It's devastating for the game. Unfortunate. Just unfortunate <laughs> for all involved. Um. All right. Let's. So we, we did our origin last week. Let's just go right back to last Friday night. Obviously, you know, Thursday games. Um, Manly, Sands, Tom Tavojevic put 50 on, a, on, an, on an NRL team. They didn't like that. No, not great <laughs> for the agenda. Not, not great at not, all. Not great at all. They're not great for the Josh Schuster agenda either. Um, yeah, it's a bizarre game considering the first 10 minutes pretty much went as everybody expected. The Cowboys... Yeah. They're, they're up, what, 12-0 and cruising. And then Manly just thoroughly dominated from then on. Like, our good man Olakowatu on that wing there. I'm oh, sorry, no, on, the, on, the wing, on the edge. It was mm. awesome in that first half. Those uh, Jack Brady like, had him in uh, Aurora Ball. Double. Terrible. Terrible. You hate to see it. it. You well, not me, to see but... It. No. <laughs> but, like, they cut him up it, it, weirdly in that first half. And it was really like, you know, Lachlan Croker scheming, mate. And then Kieran Foran's ball to, to Brad Parker. Carl Orton over from dummy half. And it wasn't until late, like he started seeing GCE put them to the sword. But yeah, bizarre game considering, you know, no Tommy for Manly and just the, the you know, we thought the Cowboys were hitting a bit of form. Not great. No, and, and it's, yeah, we, we've, we've been started to tweet our own horn again on Todd Payton the last couple of weeks as they've grown into it a little bit and sort of, Look to improve, and look this this the 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 soft with the soft comp the way it is. I think they're still like seventh or eighth, right? So with a with a points differential of hang on, let me, yeah, they're seventh with a points differential of minus eighty seven. Yeah. So if that doesn't <laughs> tell you the gap between that top six and everybody else right now, I don't know what does. Yeah, and uh, Ruben Garrick at fullback. By the way, they've they've tried so many different mixes of who's their fullback when Tommy's down and. Garrick maybe might get the run next time. I thought he was quite good, but he also had 20 hour runs for 324 meters, which doesn't even crack the top 10 all time anymore. It would have a couple of years ago. But yeah, I thought he had a great game. And that, that forward pack there, you know, Paseka and Tapao are coming in in some good form in the front row. Yeah, just an interesting game. And they didn't really use their bench. That was the other weird part. <laughs> like, Manly, they just like did this. They're like using their bench. And, uh, yeah, Cowboys, Tom Tom Dearden's gone there. Just That guy just wants to win a game. and It's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> it does, <laughs> doesn't look that way. Um, no. Uh, but then the second game of Friday evening went much more according to the script. The the weekend Panthers, without most of their origin players again, uh, lost a thriller to the Sharks. And um, look, Sean Johnson really putting himself in the shot window. Some Souths, wake up. Come on. Yeah. 
I mean, our good friend, uh, Jason NRL, Jason Oliver, who's no longer solo leading the, no. uh, the Coltrane Cup. Uh, he put a great little thread out, thread out on Twitter today, which is good for, for those who have Twitter. If you look at him as what, at Jason NRL, I think it is on Twitter. And just of what that whole last set that Sean Johnson crafted. And watching it live, I saw many of the same things Jason saw. I thought it was a goddamn masterpiece. That set to get down the field, that Sean had his, his fingers in all the way, in that little break he set up, and then kicked the field goal. For a man who's always been underrated in the, the terms of game management, you know, and he's clutch. People always, for some reason, always up his ass about that, that he doesn't turn up at the right moments or he's just a ball runner or a garbage. It's just good to see again. He does that kind of stuff. Pressure's on him to prove his value. And he does that and then does it in the uh, the post-match press conference or post-match chat with the Fox guys saying, uh, anyone looking for a halfback? Here I am. And I don't think he's going to end up with South because of the money he's on, but it is bizarre. Don't that, say that. Don't say that. It is bizarre that you're looking at a situation now when we still haven't found the suitor. Like there's not even the word of like this club's chasing or anything. What is there still no suitors? Mm. It, it, it does, surely, like what's going on? I don't know. I, I He did say he's not asking for the crazy money they're reporting, which obviously doesn't mean he's sort of asking for 600 or something. I don't know what he's asking for. And there has to be something there with the value. And I know the injury proneness, It's it's more he's more injury prone than Adam Reynolds. He's barely played over 20 games in the last few years. So that's fair enough as well. But you look around at some of the teams and the halves they're starting, and I mean, who they're replacing with. I don't know why they took the shot on Hines over Johnson, but that's the direction they've gone. But you think he'd walk into starting at most clubs in the NRL in one of those half slots? Like, where does he not start right now? He doesn't start at the Panthers. Yep. He doesn't start next year's Roosters, the Roosters round one. Yeah, is that it? Like, you guys uh, lost Reynolds next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great point. I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe the Eels. Sorry, as well, Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses. They mm. wouldn't do that. Like everyone else is like he would be one of their best two halves, or you'd understand him slowing in. Like. I don't know. The Cowboys signed the wrong one for more, a lot of money from the Sharks. And the Warriors have already said no to him returning there. And they're, they're looking at Gareth Witter. But I can't get my head around that. But he was fantastic to, in that last game. But Matt Burton also had a really good second half. And it's it always happens, mate. People, everyone likes Matt Burton, rates him now. But these last two games, a lot of people couldn't wait to jump on his back. Hmm. Like, oh, well, look, this is what you'll be like next year at the Bulldogs. It's like, well, he still was pretty good in both like, games, I thought. It's like, yeah, but... I think the Bulldogs were pretty happy. <laughs> like, yeah. he scored two tries in this one. It was really good. It's like, what are you guys seeing? What are you watching? Sure, maybe some of his options. He hasn't had great full 80s. He's still learning as a half. Yeah, it's probably easier if he's playing with Cleary or Luai. And? Yes, playing with better <laughs> players is easier. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a real breaking news. Uh, yeah. Also, what a shout out, mate. Ronaldo uh, Molotalo probably would have, I mentioned him in last week's podcast, probably would have put him in my origin team game one if he played more footy before game one. I think he'd probably, I wouldn't pen him in, but you'd pencil him in, I think, for game two. He'll get a spot there. I'd, I'd put him in over Coates, and maybe they can take Chambers with him. I know Chambers is old and whatever, but I'd rather play Will Chambers and Tom Opacek. So, yep. I don't know. They were good. But, yeah, the Panthers, they'll get their players back. I'm just glad they lost last week, so they rested players this week. And now we don't have to talk about them going, like, all-time record stakes. of. That's true. Um, yeah, so I was at a wedding on Saturday afternoon. The reception was at four, I think. So mm. we, I was talking to one of my mates who likes footy, and he's like, oh, mate, I reckon the Titans are a chance there. And I was like, I don't think so, mate. And then I think we... 
put our phones away at 28 to four or whatever the score was. And mm. I didn't really think about it again. Thought my Coltrane tip was locked in, thought job done. Um, and then, yeah, uh, suddenly in that little cocktail hour, while the people at the wedding, like the party were going to get photos, there's like 15 dudes just huddled around my phone watching the last 10 minutes of this game because unexpectedly it turned out to be an absolute thriller. Yeah, an absolute it's cracker. The most, it's the most Titans loss of all time. It is. It is the uh, the moment, team of momentum, mate. Oh, they, look, they, um... I, I'm just look. You gotta get. I gotta take a little victory lap on this. No, one. no I think no, no, you, no, you don't no, understand it's... momentum. You don't no, understand yeah. the concept. Look, this is what happens every single time. People talk about momentum. I say it's all in your head. They say, "Oh, you're insane." Blah blah blah. Yes, you are. Point to the game like this: a team scores like 26 unanswered points to cap off what would have been the second biggest comeback in the history of the NRL. Such a huge no, want to shut up. Such a huge quantity of momentum that feasible like, there's just no way that this unstoppable train could possibly be stopped uh and then they lost oh well, what see, happened oh they lost the momentum no yeah, you see it's uh, almost like it's this ridiculous concept that can only be applied retroactively fantastic no, no, a it, huge win for team momentum fuck you really. all no uh it's just again your lack of understanding of the concept <laughs> that no one ever said it was unstoppable <laughs> nobody ever said it was it was infinite oh, yes they do it all the time. They look. Oh, why would they take a penalty goal there when they had all the momentum? Well, that doesn't mean it's unstoppable. That's exactly that what it mean means. It no, means it doesn't. It means they they were this unstoppable force, incapable of being stopped. Then they took a penalty goal and that let the other team off the hook. Happens all the time, mate. Uh, that, that doesn't mean they're unstoppable. Your, it means look, no. I don't take your L. You, you don't understand you the concept. Take of your it. big L okay. on this one. And uh, just... Titans had the momentum in that in this game. They did. And then what happened? They, they scored twenty six points and they dropped the ball. Momentum oh, breaker. Oh no! Yeah, so nobody again. said like you. I don't know. You, that's your you. You laugh, but uh, we all know people listen to this and say you're crazy because you think momentum just can't be stopped. No one's ever said that. No one's ever people said it say can't that be stopped all the time. People constantly what? harp on about this. That doesn't mean it's unstoppable. There's a power to it. Doesn't exist. There is a power to it. No, there's no power to it. It's not this. There there's is. no magical forces that are sprinkled over sporting events that. Uh, Top from some otherworldly power looking to deign upon one team or the other. This is just not how the world works. And, and for a man who's so is, ardently mate. anti-religion, it's remarkable to me that you no, would die on this hill. Belief and confidence <laughs> is a thing okay. in sporting events. And yeah. it's in beer pong. It's in ping yeah. pong. Okay. It's in anything. It's in playing fucking FIFA on the PlayStation, mate. When you're well, feeling no, hot, you're hot. Momentum is coded into FIFA. They yeah, but no, oh, but if, no. Say thing. when you're playing yourself, when you feel like you're mm. playing something well and you keep playing well, yeah, momentum. You've got. But momentum. then sometimes you lose, like in this game. You do. Mm. Teams so lose. What's momentum. your point? Well, I think my point is you don't understand the concept at all. That's what I it is. absolutely understand the no, concept. The but you understand concept your is, concept of momentum plot. that no one else thinks it is. You think it's that is literally every single no. time this conversation comes up, people go, "Why did they do this thing?" It took away all their momentum. And it did. Like you just okay. said. You just they, said they, they, it and they lost some momentum. Yeah, except yeah. sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the team wins anyway. Sometimes kicking the penalty goal was the right thing to do. Yes, doesn't mean they didn't lose Again, some momentum. Again, it is a ridiculous concept that's only ever applied after the fact. And that, anyway. I mean, no, no, it was applied during the fact here. You watch okay. the game, Titans, people saw the momentum. and They've been doing mm. it all season. The whole point is they are the team of momentum. It doesn't matter that they win and lose terribly. They concede and score in batches. Yeah. And this is that game again. All they right. were the worst team in the comp for one half and then the best team in the comp for the other half. That's what they do. They're fucked. That, <laughs> they are. They are. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Titans got on top of it, as we know, obviously got ahead, had the equal biggest win at comeback in NRL history on their, on their plate. So, of course, they were going to lose. 
That's yep. what they do. Yes. There was nothing more guaranteed they were going to lose than when they got, like, if it was the third or fourth biggest comeback of all time, maybe they could have got it done. But it was going to equal the record. That's when they were, you knew they were going to lose. That's what they do. Uh, and Sam Walker made sure they did it. And I don't know why it took him so long to get him back on if he was able to get back on the field, but came back on and swung the momentum. <laughs> um, was Adam Kieran on the field when they took, scored no. that last try? No, he wasn't. Okay, because I, I was like, why is he not taking this conversion? I think but. he came off, not for Walker, but he came off and uh, I don't know why for the last four minutes, but he did. He was gassed. Well, that's unfortunate but, for them. Yeah, that was not great for Walker, but yeah, mm. no, I think one of the good signs for the Chooks fans is the post-game with uh, <laughs> Hargreaves and Walker. They were talking about how like Sam Walker was barking him down the field the entire way. That's a good sign. Which is a good sign for a young halfback because generally we always generalize these young halfbacks with flair can sometimes just stand out on the edge and just do whatever comes to them. But Sam wants to own results, which is great. And then Hargreaves, Ray Hargreaves every year. For the last few years, it's been like the first like four or five rounds of the season, Roosters fans are ready to retire him. You know, there'll be subsections of their fan base. It's like, oh, maybe it's time for Jared. And then the season rolls on and we get this performance this week and performance last week, 80 minutes in both of them. Everyone's seen his impressive numbers this week, but I thought the most impressive thing was the couple of the tries he saved, like playing 80 at his size. So in the current rules, he did he did very well. So yeah, I think, you know, that's just it. Hargreaves is a baller. There's either point to that. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Uh, and then what else was good in this game? Uh, I don't know. The Titans were good for like 25 minutes, so it's hard to say they were good. <laughs> like They know they were going to win this game, but they just, in attack, they're so out of ideas. They play, throw it to Fafita and throw it to Tino. It's not under 12s, man. No. Like, if it yeah. was, Dave Fafita would score a lot of tries. Yeah. And I think his effectiveness has been... I know he didn't play that long in this game. And he played 35. But his effectiveness to me has been curbed by them doing this. Like, yeah. Don't just keep throwing it to him. He gets double teamed now, essentially. He hasn't scored a try since round seven. Now, after looking like he's going to break like the try scoring record for, for forwards. But they're just throwing the ball to him and hoping he makes space. And whilst he breaks tackles and similar... Put him in a gap or, you know, use him as a decoy maybe for once. Like maybe don't give him the ball every time you go left. Maybe like just once cut him out. You know, maybe that'll work out better, but they just keep throwing it to him and hoping that he does something and it, it will happen again because how good he is. But yeah, that's just ineffective use of a great player and same with Tino and they can't keep it up for a full season and whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Screw that. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the quest for Ken Irvine's record rolls on for Alex Johnston. Are you believing yet? Oh, I've I've always said he's on pay. I'm, I'm not like Campo, mate. With this, I'm not. I just think oh, I'm not it's trying to rub it in your face. I'm just no. saying, like it's 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 no. He's it's a fun little pace. story it's that just they're a... just gonna. And I was told again because I was I was at a wedding reception at this point, and I watched as much of the game on my phone as was socially acceptable to do so without sound. But I was told later that it was brought up on the broadcast, which I think is a new wrinkle to this agenda that I've been pushing for a couple of years now. Yeah, it was brought on, um, brought up by Warren Smith. And yeah, he's, you know, on pace, as we know. He's, he's on pace and it's still a long way to go. Like, you know, five more years, six more years, he'll do it on that left wing. But that's still painting out a very good scenario for him to last that long, you know? Yeah, he pretty much has to stay at Souths to get it, I think. Yeah, oh, he was cooked for a while. Though. I mean, if he didn't have those two years where he thought he was a fullback. He, yeah, he'd be like 150 by now, probably. Yeah, he would be. I mean, he scored what f- five or six. There was a year where he scored like five or six tries. I think it was twenty sixteen. Okay, twenty eighteen he scored eight tries. Twenty nineteen he scored four tries. 
It's not great. There you go. In 2016, he scored 11, which is low. But, you know, again, that's Mr. I think I'm a winger. What you, we went over this every time at, on the podcast at that point. What an idiot. <laughs> He's yeah. got and 97 it, uh, tries in 97 games on the wing now. And if you went back, and I mean, we don't have time to do this now, but if you went back and looked at whoever South's left winger was in those years, I'm going to guess they scored like 30 tries. I was going to try and do that, but it's do hard it because Fine. teams don't get named. Like players don't get named on the wing they play. I can on. usually remember who it was, though. Like, I yeah, I was going through and right. allocating them, but we'll, we'll get there. I it's just fine. wanted to see how far back we go, like South South Winger, how many tries they'd have, and how many games. Yeah. But yeah, as everyone knows, ridiculous record. More than a try a game at uh, ANZ when South play there. And I was trying to figure out, too, the amount of times he'd been touched on his way to scoring, because that'd be interesting <laughs> as well. <laughs> the amount of untouched tries that. He's certainly, you know, as you said, oh, he's on pace. He's just got to stay stay fit and play it south. Yep. Uh, I don't imagine I'll say this game again. I couldn't watch it properly. Um, do you have any thoughts? I like Latrell Mitchell. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, Jake Clifford is what the Knights fans wanted. They'll all mm. be pretty happy right now. I mean, he's obviously not the complete half back or half, sorry, yeah, but they're getting a kicking game out of him and a kicking game they probably haven't had since Jared Mullen. You know, it's been a while. I know people probably say since John's, but Mullen could kick. So I've given him respect there. Good kicking game. Clifford was great with that in this game. And they kind of hung around a bit considering missing Ponga, missing Pierce, uh, missing Clemmer, who's back on the bench this week. Like they, they hung around and did okay. But yeah, you never felt like South were in danger of losing it. And it felt like one of those kind of games to mind that like South just cruised through. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was never any doubts really. Alex Johnson has six more line breaks than anyone else in the NRL. That doesn't seem correct. Yeah, but he's um not not leading the try scores at the moment though, is he? Hey? No, he's one behind Ado Car, but six more line breaks than Ruben uh, Garrick in second. This year's numbers, like with the rule changes, mate, like the amount of line breaks, try assists, tries, like is it ridiculous now? Like yeah, you'd usually get like one or two players going near a try assist a game. Yep. It's ridiculous. This year, Nico Hines Nico has fourteen Hines, try 14. assists. That's so many. Yes, in twelve games. Pangai has 45 offloads. Yeah. That would, would not have, would not have guessed Christian Welch was second. But there you go. Yeah, you can ball play now. I've been saying Good that. that he, he can Good offload. But yeah, Pangai just... Uh, look, the last few weeks, maybe one of those offloads should have been thrown. <laughs> My guy. <Yeah. laughs> Whatever. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm just glad he's having a good time. So am I. Uh, is there much to say about... Um, about the last game on Saturday? Again, I did just didn't see any of this at all. Uh Raiders, Broncos, Carmichael Hunt. Let's just talk about him for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's one thing I want to touch on, but the Carmichael Hunt stuff, I mean, again, we spoke about it. I love seeing Hunt play with the Broncos, but yeah, he played as a man in his mid thirties. hasn't played a lot of half. Oh. He was okay. You know, he was anonymous. He didn't make mistakes. We didn't really do anything, but that's kind of what I expected from Carmichael. Obviously outside this, some miracle happened and he just changed it. Yeah. Not the guy he once was, but the thing I want to talk about, mate, is after this game, Started seeing ridiculous takes pouring out that this team is just as bad or worse than last year's team. And we know people have short memories. But, like, I've got to focus on one game from last year. The Broncos lost 48-0 to the West Tigers last year. Okay? 48 to the West Tigers. That started Chris Lawrence. They started Moses Empire in the centers with Chris Lawrence. The halves were Billy Walters and Benji, Benji, whatever. They started Matt Eisenhuth. They started Russell Packer. They had Luke Brooks on the bench. They had Chris McQueen on the bench. The Broncos lost by 48-0 to that team. And that is 
still in my mind, if anyone can correct me or think of one, I'm all ears, the worst loss in Broncos history by some distance. We still had Pangai and Haas. We didn't have Fafida, but we still had, you know, Captain Croft in the halves with Milford, Darius Boyd in the centers, whatever. Garbage players, but we, it wasn't like we were massively injury affected and we got done 48-0 and we had T.O. and Oates in the back row because that's what Seabold liked doing. People have forgotten how bad the Broncos were last year. I don't know how, but they conceded tries with their heads down from, you know, the 10th minute. Once they conceded, you knew the game was pretty much over. And I know there's no positives to come from Saturday night's loss, but it is not close to that at all. 38 to 16 away in winter at Canberra, whatever, with a guy sent off with 21 minutes to go. We only conceded 38 points. Okay. I thought once he got sent off, they were going to score 50 plus. Didn't. They only scored once once Hetherington went off. And, you know, again, when you scored some points, the other side of the ball, you know, our defense is still garbage, but we scored some points. It's nowhere near as bad as last year. So I guess you should touch on that send-off. We'll probably get to it again later. Yes. First Broncos send-off since 1999. So it's a long, a long while. Uh, and again, happy to be corrected if someone thinks of another one, but I can't think of a more ridiculous send-off in my lifetime. I tried to think of one. I still have worse referee calls. The Matt Gillett getting Simbin when he was onside is still the worst call of my lifetime. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> but yeah. Fuck, this send-off was really bad. I mean, I, I hate those lines of he can't disappear and what's he supposed to do. But in this instance, again, you watch the replay a couple of times. Not only is Harawira Nara tripped, he's also jumped. He's jumped to like escape the tri- trip. He's got caught midair trying to jump over someone's f- hands. Caught. Kobe Hetherington stands still, you know, and Harawira falls down, lands on his shoulder, and he gets sent off. And I get uh, with the crackdown, it probably should have been a Simbin. Even that would have I been harsh. thought it was harsh too. Because it is one of those instances is like, I actually don't know what he was supposed to do. <laughs> like he was bracing for an impact. The guy fell. Was was Kobe also supposed to like crumble, like fall backwards as well? Or like get it, like just move? I don't know. And got sent off, not even Simbin. Like on review as well. It is very funny seeing the brigade that defend Peter Valandis now saying we just have to cop the referee decisions on the fly. These guys have been blowing up for my whole lifetime about referees. It wasn't on the fly. They reviewed it and got it wrong. And I, I think it's cowardly officiating because we've seen worse things this weekend. Worse things. We saw Fodder Waker shoulder somebody, shoulder charge somebody in the head in origin. Didn't get Simeon or sent off. But they do it when a team's lost a game down with 20, 20 minutes to go. They did it. It's cowardly. Won't do it when games are in the balance. We'll do it in that game. Act like it's a crackdown. Like it's easy to make a tough call in a spot like this. But there's and and then why was it not easy on Sunday? That one was bizarre, and I can't believe he only got fined. By the way, I thought that was much. No, Sevo Sevo's got missing time. Papali'i only got. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about the Papali'i thing. Sorry, both of them though. But like, like Papali'i is deliberate. We should yeah. we'll, we'll save that stuff. We'll get there. But yeah, that send off was garbage. But uh, well, at least Kobe can go down as the first Bronco sim, uh, sent off in twenty two years. Maybe they just hate uh, people named Hetherington. Yeah, and I mean the big problem with the Bronco side still, as everybody knows, is uh, Carmichael and uh, and Gamble in the halves now. And I, mean, I know Kelly's back soon, but I do think they'll probably end up playing Katoni at six from round sixteen or seventeen onwards, with Kelly in the halves. And then I was happy. Tessie played fullback because people still know I believe in Tessie and he played quite well, you know, set up, had a solo try and looked lively. 
I think it's better mix for the team to have him fullback and Herbie in the centers than it is to have Herbie fullback and Copley in the centers. So see what the hell that goes for a few weeks. Hopefully it goes all right. But yeah, not much else to say. There's no positives from Brisbane. I mean, Canberra, there's a question for you, Bungard. Can Canberra turn their season around on the back of this? Uh, they can still finish in the top eight because the comp's shit, but no, nah, they suck. Yeah. But, I mean, but again, they're literally, they're one win outside the top eight right now. How about Matt Tomoko leading the tackle count and the meters playing in the centers? It's <laughs> great. That's a good one. It's it is. Quirky. It is quirky. And uh, Bailey yeah. Simonson played well at fullback too. So yes. give, them, give them some No role. more Kayla Bacons ever again. Thank you. Um, Eels 40. Oh, no, sorry. Warriors 16. Storm 42. Why was Ken Malmalo playing? That confused me. That was bizarre. Actually, sorry. Before we go on, are you worried about getting the wooden spoon at all? No. Okay, like, cool. Like again, that the the buy is there now. We equal them. The, I oh, don't stop me. Points of bias is that maybe the oh, stupidest thing yeah, in the yeah, yeah. That's but, something like any sport, by the way. Like it's just not. But it's in yeah. this one for some reason. Can't stand that. No. Uh, no, I'm not worried about getting the spoon. Like, okay. unfortunately for Brisbane, if the draw fell a little different, like not even saying the play, the teams are playing. If they were shuffled a little, it'd be a bit. They would things would be different. But you know, they didn't play manly until they sorted their shit out. They won't play the Knights until Ponga. And uh, Pierce are back, who are back this week. You know, it's kind of things have fallen a bit weird for them. They played all the good teams early, but you look at their draw, and you know, I'm assuming Stags plays in a six or similar. They, they're still being competitive at home. You know, they've still went close to the Eels at home, went close to Penrith at home, lost by one to Cowboys up there. Like they're in their draw now. I know we've got South this week, not great, but they play the Sharks at Suncorp, have a week off. And then play the Tigers at Suncorp, and they've got every right to win one win one of those games at home. Yeah, that's and spirit. Then, and then they travel down to Penrith, and they probably get pumped, whatever. Then home again against the Cowboys. Then they have home at the Warriors round twenty three, and home to the Knights round twenty five. Like there is more than one winnable game in that lot for them. I hope you're right. I'm not worried about the spoon. I hope you are right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so Camarillo, not sure why he was playing after already being signed and announced as a West Tigers player. Effective immediately. Um, I can't really remember this ever happening before. No, it was effective immediately or effective Monday. And there was some weird stuff. I don't know how much is out there, but it's like some weird things about how he ended up playing and whatever. But it's quite clear that he's had a complicated relationship with Nathan Brown and whoever else are in charge at the Warriors this year. Like he apparently never wanted to leave, which you could tell when he cried at full time. But uh, yeah, bizarre that he played, and it would have been the most tiring thing ever that he got injured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Thankfully, he didn't. But um, yeah. look, he got some good practice scoring two tries in a well-beaten team. So, three, three tries, three tries. Yeah, <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, his manager came out and was like, "Again, we really get the full story from from managers and from players." But his manager is like, "Mine in the sand." Like Ken did not want to leave. He never wanted to leave. He's been the Warriors with Warriors since he was 16. He wanted to finish his career at the Warriors. The club made him go. All that kind of stuff. And he said, I'm only coming out and saying this because I don't want him to be viewed as a guy who wanted to leave the club. His hand was forced. So yeah, that's it. And then uh and when they went to went over the thing during the week, they ended up getting like Mamalo out. And then his agent heard about what DWZ, whatever, but they heard on so Monday when he heard Kosi and Rocco Berry were going to be the wingers. His agent called 
the Warriors and they ended up doing the deal, as you said. So when he found he wasn't getting played, getting played, he ended up getting seeking early release. So they granted him immediate release. And then they got named on the weekend. I still don't know how that happened. What, what happened between Tuesday and Sunday? Like, I don't know. Bizarre. A very bizarre story. The, yeah. the game, it's, the game itself didn't really, don't really need to be delved into. No, it's just, it's, it's a strange one though. The, and I know it's very much a brownie thing to do, just punt out the good players and hope the young ones replace them and make them better than them. But it's a strange one that, you know, they've pushed out Ken when they've lost Roger and they're, and they're probably letting the Fus go this year as well. And it was probably close to the best back three in the competition for a while there. But mm. the thing, Ken's ironed a lot of the issues out of his game, but you just look at the, what they'll have from here and it's like, man, that was such a good yardage back three. They're really not replacing that with yardage. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. No. And I, I saw them linked with Matt Dufty. And I'm just like, if you like. Oh, they've yeah. killed that, by the way, already. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, so like, why on earth? They, this is the whole Reese Walsh thing. Like, why on earth would that, that wouldn't mind numbingly stupid signing that would be? Yeah. And uh, good to see Harry Grant carve up again. When he came up on the, on the field, he was fantastic. But that's what we expect from him every week. But got his feet back under him a little bit. But not much else to get out of this game, as you said, mate. It was. Yeah. Doesn't really seem to matter who the storm miss. <laughs> they it's win. Very it. annoying. And the Warriors, mate, like that roster has every right to be better than what it is, but they lost Harris Avila after he put a big hit on early, but he seems to be gone for the season. Although they said Fanua Blake was gone for the season and he's already playing again. So so who knows? But Tulvasha Shek has gone back to the wing this week with Reese Walsh at fullback and Sean O'Sullivan in the halves, which is a bit strange for mine. I mean, in this game, you saw one of the great try savers in Tulvasha Shek, which, you know, shows the value of having him at the back. But I guess that's what that's happening the rest of the years. He'll play wing unless, I don't know, I guess another injury, maybe Walsh goes unless to the Unless they house. go on, I reckon if they are in the frame for the finals, they'll put him back at fullback. But we'll see. Yeah. We no, shall mate, see. Many teams don't get in the frame for the finals, mate. They just churn. Okay, well, churn uh, but again, <laughs> this, is the shittest, this is the shittest comp in a very, very, very long time. They're it in is. the frame. Everyone... Uh, from the Knights up, who are 14th with five wins yes. from 14 games. Yes, they're in they're the in the hunt. Everyone yes. from them up. It's ridiculously <laughs> soft this year. Um, and I can't really see anyone pulling themselves out of this muck, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that we had uh, one of the top six teams play one of the bottom, uh, bottom 10 in a rivalry game at Bankwest. And it was another just slaughter. The team of the podcast going down heavily to Parramatta, who, yeah, look, I don't know. I thought Isaiah Papali should have been sinbinned or sent off or something, and for him to only get fined this week is pretty funny. Yeah, I know we'd been pro the fine system, and I guess we might as well cover off the rest of the the crackdown garbage here yeah. rather than talking about it separately. We've been pro the fine system. I'm starting to become anti the fine system because of how it's enforced. For mine, grubby acts like this, just like Moses Mbai's stamp, Cody Walker's stamp, uh, what else? There's a few other things happened in the ruck. I can't remember all on top of my head right now, but those things are worse than a tackle gone wrong. Yeah. Because all of those are deliberate. Yeah. I agree. Uh, fines can be for accidents and little things, but not for actively doing something like this. Like it's There's just no, I don't know what, there's no place for shit like this in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't feel like there's any coincidence. There feels to, seems to be an increase in shit like this 
when there's been a decrease in the penalty. And I know it came about because of the Sam Burgess hair pull and he missed a game. But I actually don't think he should miss a game for a hair pull. It's a bit different, though, to kneeing someone in the head when they're on the ground, pulling someone's hair. So, yep. yeah, I just think there's a bit of finesse, you know, a bit of fine touch missing from the grading of that system. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I feel like fines aren't enough for acts like this. And I know head content taking is taken seriously, but sometimes you feel sorry for guys when, you know, you get a, a tackle kind of wrong that, you know, it's only a grade one. They miss yeah, one for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's, yeah, I'm not saying it's worse than grade twos and above, but yeah, I just, I don't like seeing that, mate. And it's, it's hard to justify if you're trying to talk about what, what the mothers want to see. The mothers want to see people getting kneed in the head on the ground. I don't think so. I'd argue that stuff's much worse. <laughs> so would I. And then Steve, I should have been sent. Mm. I don't know. I How many weeks did he get? Day. One? Two, two weeks. Yeah. Two okay. Weeks. Yeah. Whatever. Um, West's, uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, they were going to get pounded, right? We knew this, yeah. right? It's upsetting. Um, I don't know. Parramatta, their fans always say we don't talk about them enough. Do they? Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, what a team. <laughs> uh, Jake Avarillo scored more points than the Penrith Panthers this week. That was a good tweet from, uh, was it League God or someone? I forget who. I retweeted it. The wrong person. It was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not see that one coming. Obviously, it's really shaken up the Coltrane Cup this week. But um, Six of the top 10 lost this week. Only yeah. five of them. Only five of them had, um, only four of them had the Dragons though. Some One of the, one of the top 10 tipped Brisbane and one of them yeah. tipped Penrith. Well, we got lucky with pe- the Roosters winning yeah. that game as they should have. Yeah, but- true. Uh, we did warn people on the podcast last week, and I'm not saying some people pick the Dragons for the first time in this game, so I understand but, that. Yeah, but this is why you don't pick these teams twice in the Cold Train Cup. But veterans will learn that over time. They will. But we've had Jason lose his undefeated season on it. But anyway, this is about the Bulldogs for now. Yes. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King made a world of difference there. What a weird sentence. Yes. He spent years slagging him off. Yes, but he did. Well, I guess it's like upgrade from Sione Katoa, but he was fantastic in this game. And Avrilo. Avarillo had his obviously best game in first grade. And yeah, Luke Thompson. Great player. I said, I mean, I, I think he's the guy that I've said it a million times this year. He's the guy they got to build around in that forward pack yeah. going forward. That also might have been Josh Jackson's best game in I don't know how long. I don't think he's ever had a good game in the middle. Extend him. And yeah. But that was his best game in forever. And I, I thought he was fantastic. But the the Dragons. They're such a confusing team at the moment because they started so well. It looked like they could have maybe snuck into the eight this year. And they, they made could. the they made their I oh know they, they could, but they Soft made the decision on Matt Dufty and they made yeah. the decision. It's just fair enough. And <laughs> most most of us who who watch, you know, who I think is in the game, I'll say, God, I don't even think is, but people who watch the game a bit more than just an attack knew why they'll let him go. We all knew those deficiencies. But God, it is piss weak that they leaked that to the media. Like, if you haven't seen the article this week, they yeah. leaked that the six or five or six reasons why they're letting him go. And a lot of it's vision breakdown, which makes it so obvious that it came from the club of the things he does wrong in their systems. Because again, it's their system. So you'd have to come from the club. They leaked it out, a hit piece on him, why he sucks at everything, essentially. And then what? Expect yeah. he's going to... And he did exactly those things on the weekend. He did suck at everything in defense. That was a but, bizarre like, article. You never see things like that, ever. No, it's ever, ever, ever. And I'm actually fine with the breakdown of that kind of stuff, right? But that was just so obviously from the club. Yeah. That's why it was gross. I would love to see media guys sit down and do that. These are the deficiencies and flaws. But some of the things they attacked him for, obviously, as well, they're trying to find a reason to do it. But I don't understand why the club can't just come out and say, look, the fans are upset about this. 
we're going a different way for these reasons and say, look, we just want a fullback that we think is better on the other side of the ball. You know, we wish, we wish Matt all the best, but we're looking for a fullback who's got, you know, better, harder carries, that they're better at leading the line, defending, and, you know, hopefully Matt goes well somewhere else. And he I don't know why they exactly, can't say that. I don't either. Didn't exactly prove them wrong in this game. He did it, but what did you expect him to do, though, after that it's supplementary? True. It's, I, it's, I don't understand it. why teams do things like this. Like, South had a bit of a dip as well while the Adam Reynolds stuff was going on. It makes no yeah. sense. Just address it in the offseason. Why are you in such a rush? Yeah. What are you doing? What, so you can go out and announce Nico? Well, you didn't get him, but so you could go, what, go and sign Nico Hines for next year? In yeah. round eight. And again, in a year where you can make the finals because everyone can make the finals. It's just bizarre behavior. I don't get it. It's yeah. up there with the Sharks sacking their coach when they already had a different coach, like not, not letting him see out the year. Like, I just, I just don't understand, don't understand like... a lot of the things these teams do. And I don't especially don't understand things like this, which are clearly going to be disruptive on the playing group and the staff. And what's, what is the benefit? Well, what it doesn't is make the any positive sense for doing they're, this? They're competing for the eight. They're not a team that's like they're not going to make the eight. Like they probably won't, but they're in that in the mix, right? And Dufty's form has been a part of that. Like it or not, it has been. It's bizarre how it's been handled. As you said, it's it's all been and it would have got out with the way the transfer system works. It would have got out anyway that they didn't want to re-sign him for next year. Just the way they've handled it's terrible. Then they've dropped Corey Norman that they're not going to re-sign him. Everyone knew that was happening. Mm. They're not going to re-sign him. But there we'll, see, we'll see if there's a hit piece this week on Corey. The 15 reasons why we're not re-signing Corey Norman. It's like, I love that. There's like yeah. this, the headlines why we're not re-signing Corey Norman, and the text is just, I mean, come on, just yeah, just, look, just watch the games. You'll see why. And as you said, Dusty did put it all on tape in this one game anyway. The, yeah, not he good. Did. Not good, and like they were all bad. Or worse, the probably the, I think the Marshall King one might have been the worst one because he had no interest in the dummy <laughs> half. So, so on his goal line under the sticks, he had no interest in the dummy half. Dummy Ridiculous. Half. Um, bad. But yeah, you mentioned Jake Avrilo. Uh, been a believer for a while. He's yeah. disappointed me time and time again since I started believing. But he was really good in this game. Made me happy. Yeah, it feels like they've kind of found a bit of a spot for him there. Like. You know, he's not a traditional number seven or anything, but I feel like it's one of those things like feels like he's owning the team a bit more when he's there. He's been a bit better the last couple of weeks in that spot. And, you know, with Burton next year, you know, Burton's a bit better, a little off ball. So maybe that's the combination they have next season. Like, because he, he just, he even said it himself, he likes being the seven. And, you know, he's not a traditional halfback, but who gives a shit if he gets results? But, and the other one who's had a, had a pretty good game, Meany at fullback. He's in that weird zone, mate, of like, he's a good fullback, but he's, there's so many good fullbacks. He's not good enough for anyone to make them. He's their fullback, but mm. he's apparently talking to the storm. You just know he'll go down there, be there, Nico Hines, and someone will sign him in two years for $600,000 a year. You know? Yeah, it does seem that way. All right. Um, well, that's enough of the games. I'm starting to remember why we don't just do that every week. Um, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> God, there were so many blowouts. Again, it's never going to change. But, but to be fair, though, one thing I will say, I know the crackdown is a, a people have enjoyed it or not enjoyed it, whatever, whatever. I actually like the footy more when there's more penalties. I didn't know I was one of those people. Now I know that. You, you do know that. That is true. Um, boy, no, Corden, no, look, there you go. boy Corden, great. Boy Corden retired. Really sad. sad. Yeah. Um, I had, I, yeah, I had to go on the radio this morning and talk about it. Um, I, it it's it's unfortunate, and it, it's you know this is a this is a guy that has, and you know we have to we had listened to people call Boy Corden overrated for years. I'm still not quite sure why people had that opinion. Or why people didn't rate him. He was just one of those guys that did all the things well that you criticize other back rowers 
for not doing like we criticize Dave Fafita for his work rate, for example. We criticize uh, Tavita Pangai for offloading too much or being too careless with the ball. We criticize other guys in the past for only running at small blokes. Boy, Corden wasn't known for any of that stuff. Like, and yes, he was great at hitting a hole, but he worked hard. He was tough. Um, a great leader, a great clubman, a great origin player. And it's just really unfortunate for him that it's ended like this. It is. And people would know this on this podcast for a long time. I've actually been a fan of Boyd's for a long time. And whilst I do agree with some of the people saying that he's, you know, not the best player to be the Aussie captain or not the, you know, the best player to be the Blues captain, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean he wasn't a great footballer. You know, it's, it, being the Aussie captain set is a high bar. You know, it's Darren Lockyer's and your, and your Brad Fittler's and whatever. And, and, but Boyd Cordner has been a, you know, a fantastic player for most of his career. And the unfortunate thing for him is having his career taken away from him. And yeah, yeah, it's just, he's, his press conference was really emotional. And you saw the man he was in that again. He's a strong talker. He spoke for 25 or 26 minutes and went through all the people he was thanking but he didn't know he was retiring until like last week or so. He's still been training, working his way back. And he just made that decision for himself because of the concussions that he couldn't, he couldn't come back. That was it. Made the right decision for himself in his mind. And I think it's kind of sad that it's already been turned into the concussion agenda. Like this is why the crackdown has to happen. So, well, most of Boyd Cordner's concussions didn't happen like that. Most of them happened at the hips. Mm. In tackles, that's just it. But Cordner, as you said, mate, was not not a one trick pony, mate. He's a back rower who was always willing to help out in yard yardage. Average over like 120 meters for most of his career on on the edge, which is a lot for an edge back row. A lot of them don't, but well, helps out in yardage. Runs great unders lines. I have no doubt that like that that Roos's left edge for a long time hummed because of the attention Boyd would draw running those unders lines. And stood out as a leader of men in a in a Roosters team full of what people thought was was leader of men. You know, that's a that's a team with a, a lot of strong players and a strong group. And he was seen as the strongest for a long time. And it's unfortunate for him who got taken away like this. And you know, a, a man who's twenty nine years old. You know, we, me and you, I'm uh, I'm thirty one this week, but we've sat there, mate. And I wouldn't know what I'd do if say if something. You know, I got told tomorrow I couldn't talk about rugby league. You know, mm. which is not the same thing. But he can't play for things that aren't really his fault. Yeah. So I really feel for him, mate. He would have ha- had to leave money. I know the Roosters look after him. He would have to leave money on the table, but yeah, it's, it's a strange time and a strange time to be a Roosters fan because Jake friend, Brett Morris, now this. Yeah. And those, the club will still survive and still go on, but that's a lot of quality players who have had their careers ended, not by choice. And I will just want to, I do just want to praise the Roosters. Um, you know, they are our biggest rivals, but you know I've never really bought into the hatred as to the level that, and the tribalism that some other people do. But I do want to particularly take some time to praise them here for the way they've handled this and the way that they, in general, seem to be a bit ahead of everybody else when it comes to looking after things like this in a responsible way. Mm. Yeah, and they're taking their time. And Luke Keery is another one; mm. he's out now with an injury, but they're taking their time on all those guys with their head knocks and. I don't think many clubs would have shown the patience they have shown with Boyd this year because it's just not sure you like to act like it's not a business for many of them. At the end of it, a lot of it is a business and those players are a number on a salary cap. And yeah, he's made a decision on his own, but yeah, like you said, that club handles it quite well, even though they've had a number of guys cop this. Uh, it's tough. And uh, 
he did say he didn't know what the next head head not would look like for him. I think that was it. You know, he didn't yeah. know what was going to happen after the next one. And his last few weren't exactly giant knocks. His his last head knock was, if you guys remember back now, it's it's Origin last year, game one, and he hits he tackles Kafusi and hits Kafusi's hip. And that's it. Yeah. Um. Yep. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, and Brett Moss did officially announce his retirement we, during the week. I can't, I can't remember if we, we mentioned did. it. But, I mean, we talked about it when he, I mean, look, we talked about it, it as though he was retiring at the time when he got injured. So we don't need to jump yeah. back into that. I don't think uh, AJ Rimson's in doubt for origin two though. That could be a problem. Uh, I don't know if it's a problem, but it does look like Queensland are going to shuffle their back line, uh, which is, which is good. I think it looks like maybe the hammer will come in or Militalo or someone will come in, in the centers and Capewell will move. But if AJ Brimson's is out, the weird thing is like, if he's out the word is they might like play like Reese Walsh onto the bench. And it's like, really like to what put him at hooker with for nine minutes. Like what's, what are we doing here? Yeah. I don't know. I hope that's all. I hope it's Ben Hunt. Um, apparently, uh, this is new story I'm just reading. Uh, apparently, Graham Annesley has said that the game will consider new rule changes that would mean a player has to leave the field if they stay down and have to combat milking and feigning injury. For fuck's sake. Give me strength. Uh, Lord, give me strength. So <laughs> then you have to now define who's milking and who's, I don't know. I mean, there's been some obvious milks, but that's when you change those rules, those are, those are going to happen. Hmm. But, oh my God. Give me yep. strength. Oh God. Uh, We're taking and- head knocks seriously, but also get up. Yeah. Get up. <laughs> get up. Don't you dare stay on the ground. Oh what my a God. fucking joke. Um, the second <sighs> part of the NRL player poll came out uh, last night. Some interesting stuff in there. Most notably, 75, 73% of players do believe that... Uh, players disguise concussion symptoms to stay on or return to the field. I mean, we, yeah, we all knew that, right? But yeah, the player poll is one of those things. I always find about 75% of it uninteresting, but mm. there's always like other gems in there that I do find interesting. And like, I found that a lot of them said there, were, there was too many rule changes. Biggest issue facing the game, 20% yeah. of the rules. That's it. But also some of them just said that they were fine with them as well. But, but that was the yeah. thing, right? Because it's, it goes. So this is three different. This is just like, I don't understand the thought process behind this. So, the of the, the the one about what's the biggest problem in the game had six options: the rules, the MRC, concussions, refereeing, international game, junior participation. I just read them out in order from biggest percentage to lowest percentage. Um, but then there's a question: Do you believe there's been too many rule changes over the past twelve months? Which eighty one percent said yes. Mm. But then sixty four percent said the speed of the game was just right, and sixty five percent said the six again rule was a positive addition to the sport. And How like the- and like eighty percent like the two point field goal. How the so, fuck does that work? So we like all the new rules, but also the biggest problem in the game is the rules, and there, there are too many, many new rules. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. They're not the sharpest group, are they? When it's um, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know, but I I find it interesting a lot just because like, I always find their um positional rankings of players ridiculous. <laughs> I always laugh at those. Like they do often get the top one right or similar, but you can generally feel where the re- re- the return from certain clubs was bigger than other clubs most years. It's always you can usually see that. Uh, but yeah, as you said, those parts are interesting. And also I'm always interested in who they think, like who, who they think the coach they want to play for is the clubs they want to play for is that kind of stuff. I like those paid questions. Don't care about their opinions of vaccinations. Putting I, it out don't, there. I don't <laughs> care, but it is interesting that 
basically because the SMH had a thing where you can vote on the question yourself. So it can poll the readers compared with what the players said. And the ones with the biggest disparity between the readers vote and the players vote were, would you support the return of Israel Folau? Do you believe the NRL should make the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory for all players and staffs? And would you feel safe traveling to the UK for the World Cup at the end of the year? Mm. So obviously for the players said yes to Folau, no to vaccines. Yes, I feel safe. And the readers said the opposite. I'm glad to see a poll that wasn't just done by the Christian lobby. <laughs> sure. But uh, these are Folau stuff. May as well talk about it quickly there. Yeah. I couldn't care less. I don't care. Let him play, mate. I don't care because... He wasn't even that good in England last year. If he was good enough right now, there'd be a club fighting for him. That's true. If he was good, if, if clubs really thought he was going to come in and be as a Folau, there'd be clubs out there knocking knocking in all down with registering contract. They're not. Like he'd be like 33 next year, whatever. You know, yeah. go ahead and prove it and see if anyone actually signs him. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do find it weird though about the way you said the vaccine ones, but also only only thirty three percent of them are comfortable flying for the World Cup. So six percent are comfortable flying for the World Cup. Yeah. So. I don't understand. Yeah, look, some some weird <laughs> some weird oh. pieces of cognitive dissonance in there. But and what I, are you going to do? I did also like them showing that they actually don't get abused on social media that much. Yeah. Like it's always like it's always a straw man these days at cyber bullies or online bullies. Yeah. Like these has been around for thirty years, but yeah, it's obviously players do get a lot of abuse and a lot of it's garbage. That's true, but I always hate that anytime that someone has a negative word to say about a player, it is automatically oh he's being cyberbullied. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, valid criticism and bullying, uh, yeah, cyberbullying yes. people, which yes. we know. But yes, yes but yeah, look. interesting and uh, always interesting, mate. That uh, that Brisbane remains at the top three clubs. That uh, we talked about for. this the other week, didn't we? Like it's it's not crazy. It's this is I think it's a testament to how badly that club has been run in the past few years. Yeah, more than more than anything exactly else. It is, mate. it is, mate. It's a testament now. Like they went, they tried to get Adam Reynolds, and then they got him. So well, that worked. We went and got a good player. And now the rest of the time, we're like, geez, I don't know what to do here. Who's got <laughs> who's got Jordan Pereira's phone number? Yeah, get him out. Get him up here. Other big dogs. What's, it's like what's Richie Kenner up to? Exactly, exactly oh. right, mate. Mate, has Reese Kennedy got any friends? <laughs> you know. Brody Croft, God, but yeah, that's interesting. And um, it's always Storm Roosters Brisbane at the top there. They didn't show the rest of the, the yeah. Poll. I wanted to see who was. I was curious to know who was last, but there probably just yeah. be a bunch of clubs at zero, right? Yeah, there was. But like yeah, teams you, like the, I'd imagine like teams like the Titans and the Tigers would be close to zero. Yeah, it's it's quite funny to see because Titans offer a lot of the same things Brisbane do in terms of location. Them still not winning that, so nah, not beating us. But yeah, the players poll. It right, is what it is. we got some rookie takes for you. If, if, you, if you're interested, we are. Uh, and before we get to the rookie takes, if you're a new listener to the show, um, basically what we do is um, Patreon subscribers to the show submit the dumbest opinions from the week in rugby league, uh, and then I cut it down to five, and then we, and then we, uh, then we, uh, vote, uh, we post a poll and we vote for a winner. We had a tie last week, did we? So yeah, I have to. Deal with that later. Do a sudden death or something, do we? I'll, extra, I'll decide. Golden point, extra take. I'll, I'll yeah. Find another take for both people. We're doing golden point, extra take. Do yep. it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, a, no, that's not a terrible idea. But I'll deal with that later. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So we've got, uh, and if you want to be a part of that Patreon uh, subscription service, go to pa- uh, go to patreon.com forward slash and rookies. You get access to our Discord uh, merchandise. Uh, a couple of new pieces of merchandise have been leaked. They look pretty good. That's all I'll say. 
um, and you get entry into the Coltrane Cup Zooming competition for 2022, uh, where you can win grand final tickets and merch and other stuff. Uh, and I give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our subscription system. They are Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief 69, Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer. Welcome back. Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomo 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Turbo's Heroes, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your continued support. We couldn't do it without you. Um, Here's a name I didn't think I'd be reading on this section of the show. Andrew Voss. <laughs> Mate, he's, he's gone that way, sadly. For the record, in advance of today's games, I think it's outrageous that Angus Crichton and Josh Papali have been allowed to serve one game of their suspensions on Wednesday night. Whoever knew that rule? Um, What? TBA, mate. TBA was like the biggest story in, in, in origin one year. I, I just and that was 20 years ago. I didn't understand his point. Is like, did he really want players to like be able to play Origin if their club suspended? Is that the other, like, I don't know. It's like suspensions apply on like all levels. You can't play Super League suspended or international level suspended. Awful. No. Yeah, terrible. Uh, Alan Bailey says, hands up those that think Payne Haas should be dropped for game two. What? Not many hands. I wouldn't have thought so. Why? <laughs> what did... Payne Haas. Like their best forward in game one. Payne Haas is... It was I think he was the only forward that really had a proper crack. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really understand. I'm, I don't really get it. I mean, obviously there was a lot of good forwards, but I'm very confused. I don't understand. Oh, Alan, what are you doing to me? Uh, Matt Hurst, how does Carmichael, police informant Hunt, return to the Broncos and NRL after that many cocaine infringements? But Israel Falau... F-A-L-A-O-U. Still getting knocked back for a return. Unbelievable, hey. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear. Tiger cast. Ivan Cleary effectively swapped Dane Laurie, Sean Bloor, and James Tamo for Robert Jennings, Matt Eisenhuth, and Paul Momorowski. Glad to see he's finally putting his touch on the Penrith roster after Gould and Hook's hard work. I love this so much. Yeah. I love Tigers fans. I love them so much. They're insane. <laughs> I, they, they are my people. They love a terrible uh, take. They're, they're absolute lunatics. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, again, where do we start there? I don't know where to start. We just don't. We just leave it as a take. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the fifth one for the week from Wally King 57. Uh, I'll throw it out there. Am I the only person that reckons the number of Polynesians playing will end up finishing origin? Really sickens me to hear a state would select someone that doesn't want to represent our country. Wait, if they can still play for the state, how would it kill origin? I don't know. Wally's not thought this one through. He hasn't. That's not King Wally, obviously. It's another one. It's Wally King. It's a a middle-aged, bald white man. I'm guessing the 57 is his birth year. In a Broncos polo is his display photo. That's that's not a shock, but it's it's one of those things. I did find that interesting, actually, in the players' poll that most of them said they didn't want the origin rule eligibility eligibility to open up. I'm interested in that, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just quite funny. We've been through this, and 
podcast in the offseason I spoke about, like, over time, you have to readdress your takes. And one of the ones I readdress over time is I am more open to orange eligibility open because being open because, like, I had my life experience. Wally King had his life experience. But Jerome Luai has his, for example, you know. And guys like Jerome Luai grew up in New South Wales with heritage, Samoan heritage. What the fuck's the difference? Yep. Like that's their country, that's their state. Fuck you. You don't you haven't had their life. You don't know what you're talking about. I agree. We did it. We yeah. come to the end of another. And it's not really like, by the way, it's not like we're really struggling for players with the kangaroos. No. No, nor that. And would that be the worst thing in the world if Origin remained strong, but teams other than Australia got stronger in the international game? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's so bad. It's so bad that if like good players play for Samoa or Tonga, oh, just oh, it sickens me. Terrible. These Polynesians ruining the game, making yep. it better. <laughs> oh dear. All right, we did it. We've we've finished another end of another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time for question time. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>